ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhind, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. It is my birthday this week. I am turning 44. And I would love to tell you that I am super excited about my birthday week. But the truth is that this birthday is bringing up all sorts of emotions. It's bringing up anxiety. It's bringing up grief from last year's miscarriage. It's bringing up questions about my life and what I want and where I am. And from what I know from my friends, from my clients, from the research is that this is pretty normal. And so today on the Purpose Girl podcast, we're going to get real about how we feel as we age about how this is impacting our happiness and what we can do about it. I am going to get super real with you. I'm going to get super honest because I believe that that is the only way. I believe that what will heal women now is us getting honest and real. Stop being so Insta-fake. Stop being so Facebook-fake. And for us to be honest with each other about what it's really like. Because as we can get honest with each other and share the truth, Then we can give each other a hug, be compassionate, and then say to each other, and the other truth is that we're still badass, kick-ass, amazing women who deserve more. And so you want to stay on for the entire podcast because I will be giving tips that I have been putting into place, that I am committing to put into place, all about how we can be happy at every age how we can live our best life at every age, including shifting what happiness actually means. So I am having a hard time turning 44. When I got divorced at 26, I felt horrible about myself. There was a part of me that was so excited about my future and I was already going online to shop for men and to envision what my next wedding would be like and who I would be with. And at the same time, I felt like such a failure, such a loser. And I also started to feel like maybe I will never be a mom. And then I had this image, this inkling, I'm going to be a mom at 42. And for the next 14, 15 years or so, I felt pretty confident in that. When I met Josh, I wasn't even sure I wanted to be a mom anymore. I was starting this work. I was coaching women. I had big dreams and big visions about being in front of thousands of women and each of you on your feet, screaming yes with your hands in the air that you were empowered, that you were happier, that you were going to live your purpose, live your dreams. And I thought when I die, I would rather have millions of women say that I impacted their life than one child say that I did. That was when I married Josh. And just a few months later, we went to Italy on a delayed honeymoon. And after a few glasses of wine, we went back to our hotel and we started making out. 
And I was like, oh, don't use a condom. Let's just see what happens. First time in our relationship with no protection. And I get pregnant. And I will tell you, I was freaking out. Like the period didn't come. And then another day didn't come. Another day didn't come. And then I took the test and my eyes were like so wide-eyed. We went to the doctor and I was sucking on a lollipop that the doctor gave me. I was so freaked out. It looked like a child that, you know, was just not knowing what to do with herself. And then I got used to the idea of being pregnant. Then I got really excited about it. Then we started envisioning the room and how we would read to our child. We started envisioning and talking about what we would teach our child. I started a journal where I was writing to her every day. We were coming up with names and taking pictures of my belly. And then a couple of months later, I lost the baby. I started bleeding and went to the hospital and miscarried right there. That baby, that spirit that was in me for just a couple of months showed me how much I wanted to be a mom. And I thought, okay, I understood why I had this miscarriage. I needed that to know that I really did want to be a mom. And I remembered my dream, my knowing, my inner knowing that I was going to have a baby at 42. And so it made sense to me that I would miscarry at 40 because I wasn't supposed to be pregnant at 40. I was supposed to be pregnant at 41 so that I could deliver and have a baby at 42, just like my younger 26 or 27-year-old self had known. But the entire year went by and no pregnancy. And then we went to a fertility specialist who basically told me that I am old. Looked at my husband, Josh. We did all these tests. We went in all the time for different, you know, throughout a month for them to do all these tests. And he looked at Josh and he said, you have the sperm of a 25-year-old. And he looked at me and he said, well, you're 41. What do you expect? You're old. Bedside manner, this guy did not have. And I burst into tears and hyperventilated and left that office and have never gone back. But we got pregnant so easily the first time I thought it would be easy. And so then I went through another year and this time I changed my diet and I worked with a nutritionist, yogi, fertility person, did more around tracking my ovulation. And about a year later, we got pregnant again. We got pregnant two days before my 43rd birthday, we got pregnant when I was 42. This is exactly a year ago. And then on Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, I was late and I am never late. <laughs> my period is never late except for if I'm pregnant. And so on Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, I woke up and I took a pregnancy test and there was the result. I was pregnant and I ran from the bathroom back to our bedroom and I said to Josh, I woke him up, I shook him and I woke him up and I showed him the test and I said, we did it, we did it. Two years after the first one, we did it. And I got pregnant at 42, just like my 26 or 27 year old self had known. And we were finding out on Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, it was perfect. 
I was sure this was it. And then again, about two months later, I miscarried. This time I went to the doctor. We went to the doctor to see the heartbeat. And when she put the x-ray machine, I don't know what it's called, but when she went to do the sonogram and I looked at the screen, the monitor, and saw my uterus and saw the sac, there was no heartbeat. There was no baby. And this miscarriage, my friends, really hit me hard. I don't know if you have been through any fertility challenges or you know anyone who has, but it is hard. And though fertility impacts men and women, this is something that is unique to us women. We are the only ones who know what it is like to be pregnant, to have a being growing inside of us, and then to lose it. And because men's sperm tend to be, not every man's sperm, but in general, men's sperm tends to be viable for their entire lives. And of course, my husband has the sperm of a 25-year-old, right? What that doctor said. Men cannot understand. They don't know what it's like to be the one who is growing old and be the one, even I don't feel old, but be the one whose age is impacting whether they can have a child. And so I became severely depressed last year, last fall. And here I was at the same time I was being hired to speak about happiness on stages all over the world. I was coaching women and I was doing my best. My clients who have been with me for a while or my groups, they all knew. I had to be honest, of course, and I have been honest. I've posted about it on Facebook and Instagram because I think it's important that we start getting honest because otherwise we think that we are alone. You think you are the only one going through it. Recently, I started working with a new client who is around 30 and she is starting to feel some third life crisis, looking at her life saying, is this all there is, feeling anxious, feeling depressed. And she thought she was the only one because none of her friends are talking about it. And I said to her, I gave her a huge hug. I said, oh no, you are not alone. I bet many of your friends are experiencing this, but everyone is trying to just pretend to be happy. Everyone is only putting their best pictures on Instagram Everyone is only talking about their successes. They're not talking about the inner truth. And it's nothing to be afraid of. If we could just talk about it, we could normalize it. And if we normalize it, then we don't have to make such a big deal about it. Like, yeah, I'm feeling down today. I'm feeling depressed today. Oh, God, anxiety came to me. Okay, I'm going to go for a run. Okay, I'm going to dance it out. Okay, I'm going to scream it out. Okay, cool. Now let's go hang out. Right? We could normalize it. And one of the reasons why women are more depressed than men is that everyone has told us our whole lives, we're too emotional, we're too sensitive. They've told us, just smile, you're so pretty when you smile, just be happy. And this might seem counter to being a happiness expert and telling you no more with the just be happy. But that's because we need a whole new definition of happiness. We have to understand 
that happiness is living fully. Happiness is allowing yourself the full range that you're allowed to have rage. There's a lot in this world to have rage over. I just want you to channel in a healthy way. I want you to go into your basement and I want you to scream your lungs out. I want you to take a plastic bat and go into the woods and beat down an already dead tree. I want you to shake your arms and legs and get it out of your body as opposed to taking it out on your kids or your coworkers or your partner. Grieving is the same. So there I was, this happiness expert, and in deep, deep grief, the fall of 2017. And in that grief, thank goodness for the women around me. Thank goodness for my sister, for my mom. Thank goodness for my girlfriends, women who've left their own families and flew to be with me, clients who sent me care packages of yummy queen slippers and bubble bath, friends who didn't go to a conference and came to be with me instead. And I took care of myself. I knew I just needed to get away. I needed space to scream. I needed space to cry. I went on a retreat. I'm always talking about going on retreats and it's important. I went on a a retreat by myself. I made it happen. Josh and I belong to a synagogue that we are not active in. I hardly know anyone there, but there is a email group. And I put out on the email group, I just had a miscarriage and I need a cabin to go away to for a few days and heal and think and read. And I got three or four responses, people who don't know me, who generously said, you can use my cabin. And that's what I did. And so we are not alone, but we have to speak our truth. We have to say what we need and what we want. And so I went away and I read and I cried and I took the plastic bat I'm telling you to do. And I went into the woods and I wailed and I screamed and I beat the crap out of big, huge boulder rocks and old dead trees and made snow angels and cooked healthy food and then went for ice cream and did everything I needed to do. And then I came home and I meditated and I journaled and I reduced my workload. And as I was healing, I just kept saying, show me what I am here to birth. Just show me what I'm here to birth. Show me my baby. And what kept coming to me was how many of us are in rooms like I was depressed and not talking about it. I mean, fortunately, I was talking about it. What came to me was how women are twice as depressed as men and that this is redunculous, that we deserve so much better, that we do not need to live this way. So according to a Harvard study, 19% of all U.S. adults have had anxiety disorder during any given year. And almost 31% of U.S. adults will experience an anxiety disorder at some point in their lives. This totally fits for me. And according to the National Institute of Mental Health, about 16 million adults in the U.S., which is almost 7% of all American adults, have experienced at least one major depressive episode in the past year. Right now, depression is the leading cause of disability in the United States for people aged 15 to 44. Well, there I am, that magic number of 44 again. So I was feeling into this thing of depression that I was feeling 
and asking, show me what else I am here to birth. And I had this message come to me to eradicate women's depression, that we don't have to live like this. Yes, we're going to have experiences that take us into complete rage. Your partner cheats on you, or you get fired from a company you have given 20 or 30 years of service to. Your best friend goes out behind your back on your on you with your partner. And you're going to have experiences of deep, deep sadness and grief, like the miscarriages for me. Or for you, it might be receiving a diagnosis of cancer or a loved one dying. We are going to experience grief. We are going to experience rage. And we have to allow ourselves to actually experience it and know that that's normal. That's okay. That's healthy. And that doesn't mean that we have to live with clinical depression for the rest of our lives. In fact, it's when we hide it that we start to experience more clinical depression. It's when we suppress it and think that we're not supposed to have it. And so I started researching, what are all the reasons? Why are women more depressed than men? I posted it on my Facebook page, just my regular Facebook personal page. And I got almost 100 responses, women saying to me, we're so depressed because everyone's telling us to be perfect. We're so depressed because no one's showing us that it's okay to be normal. We're so depressed because we're trying to take care of everything and everyone. We've got to spin 14 plates at the same time and have perfectly manicured fingernails while we do it. We're so depressed because we're underappreciated. And I started researching, and there are about eight major reasons why we are more depressed than men. Everything from our body image. More than 80% of women dislike their bodies in some way. I mean, how much of our mental capacity is going to that? Enough, right? Also, we ruminate more. We think about the negative stuff more. We twirl it over and over and over again in our heads. Like we don't let it go, something that happened in the past. We get stuck in our grief and our rage without letting it out in a healthy way and without learning how to grow from trauma. There are other reasons, there are so many reasons, and we don't have to live this way. So as I was doing the research, I started mapping out, what do I know from positive psychology? What do I know from the divine feminine, from living a fully feminine, sensual, beautiful life? What do I know about how we can live differently, how we can truly be happy? And I realized that for almost every reason why women are more depressed than men, there is a solution. And the number one solution is that we start coming together in sisterhood. And then I had this vision of women gathering in circles all over the world in sisterhood on the same day, raising awareness about our depression, being honest, having a safe place to share, and then cheerleading each other to self-love, cheerleading each other to happiness, cheerleading each other to live our joy, cheerleading each other to live a fully feminine, sensual, sexual, beautiful life, cheerleading each other to go after our true dreams. I had this vision and I am beyond honored. I, I kept asking, show me what I'm here to birth. This is last fall, last winter, and Women's Global Happiness Day was born, the idea. And it is going down October 18th. The inaugural one will be October 18th, 2018. And already there are about 35 events being held all over the world. In Nigeria, in Dubai, New Zealand, Israel, all over the US, all over Canada. And it's growing. 
It's growing. If you want to host an event, contact me, Karen at KarenRockkind.com. Go to the website, womenshappy.com. So this amazing thing has been happening. It's been taking off just over the last month is the when I started publicizing it. It's been taking off. And so it's so exciting. And here I am about to have my birthday and I'm birthing this big movement. And some of the anxiety is coming back about what about a physical form of a baby? And some of the grief because it was last year around my birthday that we conceived and the grief, it just so happens that my birthday is the day before Rosh Hashanah because every year Jewish holidays change based on a lunar calendar. So last year there was a space in between my birthday and Rosh Hashanah, and this year it's my birthday, which is basically when we conceived our baby. And then the next day is Rosh Hashanah, which is when we found out, and it's bringing up all sorts of emotions for me. It's literally, my friends, been making me a little bit crazy. Like the anxiety has been mounting. I can't decide what I want to do for my birthday. Do I want to go back to my family in Michigan? I was going to go to a University of Michigan football game, go blue, take Josh to his first game. Then I was going to have Rosh Hashanah with my family. It was going to be so fun. Or do I want to be grounded and home, really feeling into this coming year and journaling? My friends are all available. They've said, we'll take you out. We want to celebrate you. So this is like a great problem to have, that I've got people in Michigan who want to have their birth my birthday with me, and I've got people here where I live who want to have their, and I can't decide. I've been like a little bit kind of crazy about it. But underneath that is because what's coming up for me is, who am I at 44? What do I want at 44? What I'm coming up against is this age that is a quote unquote advanced maternal age, this question, is it possible to have this thing that I want, which is to be a mother? Looking up midlife crisis in preparation for this podcast, I looked it up and psychologists do not all agree. Some say, yes, there is a midlife crisis and some say, no, there isn't. Certainly, I know people who have lived through it and the stereotype for a man is go get a Corvette, get a 25-year-old woman, cheat with her, have a baby with her. It's all about like prestige and stature and, you know, virility, like spreading their seed at 50. For a woman, the quote-unquote midlife depression is about identity. For us, because we give so much of our lives to everyone else, for us, it's about who am I? We pause, whether that's at 30 years old, like the client I mentioned, or at 40 years old, or at 50. We pause and say, is this what I want? Is this all there is? Is there more? Who am I? Who am I now? Who am I now that I've had kids? Or who am I if I don't have kids? And we have more questions than we have answers. And it's the time to pause and stop and actually take stock of our lives and actually get out of what everyone else has told us that we are supposed to do and supposed to have and begin to go deep into our heart, into our souls, into what my mentor, Regina Tomashauer, says, get into your pussy because she knows, right? Your body will tell you what you desire. Our mind often doesn't know, doesn't know. I don't know. I don't know. What do I want? Your body knows because when you hear of something you want, your body gets all juiced up and excited and alive. And when it's something you aren't really sure about or that may cause you anguish, you start to feel anxious. 
And we have to learn what our body is telling us. And that's a whole different podcast episode. But as I've been sitting in what is going on with me around this number, what is going on with me around my birthday, it is that this number feels now mid-40s before it was just, oh, I'm early 40s. And I'm letting it, I have been letting it get in my mind. What's been going on with me is the grief has been coming up and I need the space to allow it. So what I've been doing First, I was just getting all anxious and indecisive and unsure and upset and angry and depressed. What I've been now doing is every day dancing it out, turning on music that allows me to be in my sadness and allows me to grieve it out, move my body in whatever way I need to feel that grief, writing letters to my spirit babies of gratitude for them showing me that I want to be a mom. And then flipping it, shifting it. What is the desire? Checking in, is this really a desire of mine? And the answer is yes. So then talking with Josh, okay, what are we going to do? And we now have two great options that we are looking at. Embryo adoption and adoption of a baby. And even a client of mine, I didn't ask her to, but a client of mine offered surrogacy. There are so many options. And what we all need to do is we all need to allow ourselves, first and foremost, all of our emotions, because getting older does come with these questions. One of the things that's been coming up for me is my parents' mortality. I don't mean to be morbid. I want them to live forever. Like I talk to my mom every day. It's going to be, I can't even imagine it when she's not here, but I'm getting scared about that. And I could just say, that's being ridiculous. I could just say, I'm being stupid. No. Instead, what I've been doing is getting in touch with the five-year-old, the 10-year-old inside of me that wants her mommy. And I've been picturing the little girl and pulling her onto my lap and hugging her and loving her and normalizing it for her, for myself, for you, that it's okay to have those feelings. That's normal. And then I will hug myself, literally, I'm doing it right now, hugging myself, stroking my own hair, stroking my own forearm gently, taking care of myself, and then asking myself, what do I need? I need to call mom. I need to tell her I love her. What do I need? I need to know that I've said everything I want to say. What do I need? I need a lollipop, whatever it is. Being gentle, having self-compassion. Kristen Neff, the key researcher on compassion, teaches us to speak to ourselves the way that we would to a child or to a best friend, normalize it, be kind to yourself with physical touch, and then ask, what do I need? Also this week, I have been committing to moving my body, getting out some of the anxiety through running, through dancing, through pounding my fists when I need to pound my fists, through stomping my feet when I need to stomp my feet. Ladies, we have got to get it out of our bodies. And then you can turn it on. Then you can say, what would be so delicious? What do I so want? And I know now I've got two amazing options for my birthday. What would be so delicious is to spend my birthday with people I love. What would be so delicious is to have a day or two beforehand 
to be away and journal and really reflect on all of the amazingness in my life. I want to spend time being really proud of myself and everything I have accomplished this year. I want to be really proud of myself for how I've healed and grown. I want to celebrate all of the wonderful relationships in my life. I want to celebrate me. And then I want to like focus in on what's important to me right now. What are the priorities? What do I want going forward? And then I want to have a great fucking time on my birthday. And it doesn't matter if I'm with my family or I'm with my friends. I'm going to have a great fucking time. I'm going to celebrate the hell out of myself. And one of the other things I've been doing is really saying, okay, what positive psychology tools am I going to use? And so I've been making a calendar. And this is something I will share more with you guys of, but I've been making a calendar of all of the different positive psychology tools, like knowing your strengths and using your strengths. I talked about that on the episode with Senya Maiman positive psychology tool of gratitude and writing down every day three good things, positive psychology tool of pride and celebration, savoring. And so making a calendar where every day I do one of these tools and it's amazing how it's shifting my mindset, how it's shifting my health. But the key is you have to allow yourself the grieving. You have to allow yourself the anxiety. And then you use the tools to feel good and healthy and alive. And then you can get back to focusing on what do I want in the future and go for your big dreams. And so it's been, as you can tell, every emotion this week, so much excitement, so much pride, so much. I'm so humbled and honored by how people are responding to Women's Global Happiness Day. Again, that's happening October 18th. I've just been blown away. And now there is an Instagram page I just made. If you want to go follow what's going on and you want to find events near you, you can go to the website, womenshappy.com. You can find it on my website, purposegirl.com. So I'm like humbled and honored and so excited and so proud and realistically feeling grief, understandably feeling grief and anxiety because of other things in my life that I want. And that's life. That's all of life. We can't just have a piece of it. You can't just have the joy part. All of life is to also experience all of the emotions and to love yourself through them. Love your darkness. Appreciate that it's there for you. It's showing you something. It's teaching you something that you want in life. That it's normal. This is what it is to be fully alive. So happiness, the new definition of happiness, isn't just like happy, happy, joy, joy, unicorns. No. Mm Mm-mm. That was stuff when we were little girls. As a friend of mine recently said, puppies are cute and all, but the lioness, she's hot, right? So like puppy dogs that are just happy all the time, that's cute. That's like a princess. But we're queens. We're goddesses. And the lioness, who occasionally lets herself have rage, appropriately channeled, the lioness, who is fierce in her conviction, fierce in her commitment, fierce in who she is, The lioness who protects and stands for what she believes in, who's a warrior in the jungle. The lioness who knows herself and celebrates herself and is proud of herself and lets her voice be heard. The lioness who allows all of her emotions, she is fierce, she is sexy. And so as I go into my 44th birthday, I am taking care of the little girl inside of me and loving her. I'm allowing myself the grief of the baby 
that I lost, that we lost. I am getting out my rage as I need to. I am being in my body and I am choosing health. I am choosing happiness. I'm choosing resilience. One of my favorite positive psychology tools, I call it pain to purpose. The technical term is post-traumatic growth, the idea that we can grow from trauma. And I'm choosing to use this birthday to celebrate all the ways that I've grown, to celebrate how this pain led to a huge purpose that is turning into hundreds, hopefully thousands of women all over the world declaring that they deserve happiness on Women's Global Happiness Day. And I'm choosing to turn it on and be the lioness, sexy, whole woman self that I am. So purpose power tools for you. Number one, be honest about your true emotions. How are you feeling about getting older? Right, it beats the alternative, everyone says, and it's scary. So be honest with yourself and allow yourself whatever the true emotions are. If you're grieving, if you're scared, if you're angry, let yourself have those emotions, get them out in a healthy way. Number two, self-love, self-compassion, normalize it for yourself. Know that millions of people feel these emotions as they age, right? It's not just the midlife crisis anymore, what used to be between 45 and 60. It more happens, especially for women, it happens more 35 to 50. And what we're seeing is the quarter life crisis, people questioning their identity at 25 and the third life crisis at 30. So whatever age, normalize it for yourself and then turn it on. Make a list of your true desires. Get in touch with your body, with your pussy, with your heart, with your soul. What would be fun? What would just feel like play? Like I've been making a list. There's some things I want to do. I haven't been to a sex party yet and I plan to go. I may be just a voyeur at first, but Josh and I are going to go. Like there are things I want to do. I want to learn orgasmic meditation. So we bought a class. We're going to go. So what are some things that would be fun for you? You don't have to have the same fun things that I do, but I'm making my list and committing to that and committing to my positive psychology tools. And I hope you do the same. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Purpose Girl podcast. I hope that this helps you be happier no matter what age you are. I hope that this helps you live the full range as a lioness, as a whole woman, no matter what age you are. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please rate it five stars, review it, tell me what you think. I love hearing from you. Please share it with your friends. I get emails all the time from people that they want to share this with their mother or with their best friends and that you do. So thank you for doing that. Like we need to be sharing this. Make book club out of my podcast so you all can listen to it and then you can talk about it, right? Decide together that you're going to age in this awesome, lioness, sexy, badass way. Or share it with someone who's going through a fertility challenge. That's how we will heal and grow and kick ass as a community of women is that we're going to do it together. We're going to share the truth and then we're going to be together. So share this podcast, share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with women, colleagues, host, like I said, book clubs around it. And if you want more, please join my community, go to purposegirl.com, sign up to get your free living on purpose guide. I send out emails about how to live your happiest life. I'll let you know in there how to live on purpose. I'll let you know in occasional emails when I am hosting events or retreats. And if you want more information on 
Women's Global Happiness Day. You can get that at PurposeGirl.com or go directly to the website Women'sHappy.com. W-O-M-E-N-S Happy.com. Women'sHappy.com. I would love it if you are interested in hosting an event. It's super simple. You just gather 10 to 15 of your friends. I'll send you the curriculum, invite you to a training, and let me know who those friends are, and we will create our global community together. So if you're interested in being part of this movement, and I know you are because that's why you're listening to the podcast, then join us. And of course, please follow me on Instagram. Follow me personally at Karen Rockind. Follow Women's Global Happiness Day. We have an account now. Woohoo! And on Facebook, Coach Karen Rockind. And as always, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself. And may you love life. And happy birthday to me. Bye for now.